Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me, as always, is my co-host who delivers storing orations of scores of adventures, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great, Andy, but I want to ask, how are you doing? Are you mm-hmm. are you doing okay? I am angry. I can't tell that you're angry. <laughs> can you see the can you see the steam coming out of my ears and nose it, right it now? It is this is obviously an audio medium, so the audience can't, <laughs> but I will tell you, she's not even being figurative. I mean, that is literally what happened. Mm. She is in a transformation mm-hmm. right now because today's movie is Pocahontas from 1995, which a number of people love, but um, but I'm going to be the cheery positive one on this on this episode. So take <laughs> we're we're switching roles, folks. <laughs> but but one of one of us has to be one of us has to be the the, the Andy. And today I'm the Andy, and Andy is me. Uh, yes, and in yes. a way that's what the movie's like, aren't we? Not so different after all, deep down. Oh lordy. Okay, well, some key facts. Key and facts. I- I stand to be corrected on any of these. If you want to go down all the rabbit holes I went down, you can be my guest. Pocahontas released June 15th of 1995 to coincide with Pocahontas's 400th birthday. And there were a couple of films that come out around that time. Uh, One is a live action, not a Disney piece. One is uh, kind of another cartoony piece, which is not so good. But there's a lot of things going on about Pocahontas in 1995. Um, However, the film was previewed in theaters in the fall of 1994 prior to screenings of The Lion King. So you know how the previews come up before the movie, right? So people know that it's coming. And in the preview, Pocahontas sings a bit of Colors of the Wind and Just Around the River Bend. And in this preview is clearly falling for John Smith. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. Now, just this preview, just this 30-second preview brings a huge divided response from Native tribes living in Virginia. And the concern was that the story was part of a, it's part of the founding of the nation, and it deserves a historical rendering, particularly since children and families, but particularly children, Watching this movie would believe it to be true. However, there were other Native people who weren't troubled by the artistic license. They relished the idea of a favorable story of the Powhatan people, right? Sure, sure. So so even, even within the larger community, there, there are differences of opinion. That's right, that's right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the historical Pocahontas. So Pocahontas was born in 1595 near what is now the Jamestown settlement. Her name was Amonute, and she also went by Mata'aka, which is really her name. I mean, that's that's what she would have called herself. Mm -hmm. Pocahontas is her Algonquin nickname, meaning playful, okay, or playful one. According to letters written by John Smith in 1616, when Pocahontas was about 11 or 12, she saved him from execution by the Powhatan tribes. Now, Smith's account seems a little exaggerated to most historians that I read, Uh, perhaps to pave the way for her to meet with royalty that was helping finance the activity in the New World. 
because they're bringing her over and this is all the things that she's done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Smith also claims she saved the colonists from hunger on, upon multiple occasions. That That is actually based on some historical fact. They, yes, they, that, that's probably more accurate yeah. than what, yes, okay. So according to a 1612 account that was written by the first secretary of the Jamestown colony, Pocahontas married a chief from her tribe when she was about 14. And Mataponi tradition holds that her first husband was Kokua and that they had a daughter together named Kauki, who was raised by the Potawomex after Kokoam dies or is murdered. Okay. 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 So in 1613, when the white settlers went to war against the Powhatan tribe, Pocahontas was held captive for ransom aboard an English ship for a full year. And during during that time, she converted to Christianity. And remember, conversion is one of the goals of the charter of the Virginia Company of London. Funny how that wasn't in the movie, but keep going. Feel <laughs> yeah. Maybe this didn't have enough time, Andy, to cover it. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Uh, so she changed her name to Rebecca, and she, quote, fell in love with John Rolfe, who Powhatans say commercialized tobacco. So we have him to thank for that. And whose wife and child had died on their way to England and Bermuda. So she married him, although I guess I think Cocoam had died at this point, and then gave birth to their son, Thomas. So there are descendants and a number of descendants of, of Pocahontas today. Sure. Uh, so the wedding seemed to bring some peace between the colonists and the uh, Powhatan people. Um, the marriage was really controversial to the British court. Uh, they considered her an American princess and Rolf a commoner. Oh, that's which I funny. Think is kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah. So she travels to England with Rolf. She lives there for a while. And as they were sailing back to Virginia, she got an unknown disease, probably smallpox, but nobody's really sure. And she died at the age of 21. Well, I mean, hearing this story from you, Andy, it is absolutely perfect for a Disney animated uh, family-friendly special that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what Disney movie doesn't end with the main character dying of smallpox after being forcibly converted to another religion? I mean, that's, that's right, just right. classic tropes. So Shirley Little Dove Costello McGowan and Debbie White Dove Costello, they're both descendants of the Powhatan tribe. They served as consultants on this piece and both have regretted that decision publicly because of the film's lack of historical accuracy. Uh, McGowan said actually before the movie even released, uh, they have it, and this is what she said, they have it accurate about the heart and soul of our people but they're not doing a film about the Powhatan Indians. They're doing a film about Pocahontas. Right. Um, and I want I want to say a couple of things here. Um, so one of the big critiques of this movie is, is, you know, if you're telling a story about Pocahontas, arguably the worst thing you can do is tell the story of 
the native princess who becomes enchanted uh, by by the white colonists. That is just a trope that is designed. It, it's designed to offend. And I know, listeners, in past episodes, I've said to you, you know, as a screenwriter, do I care about historical accuracy? And my answer has consistently been no. I don't care about historical accuracy. I care if it's a good story. But I have an exception in that for when you change the historical accuracy and that does harm to people yes. who are living today. And, yes. and that, I think, for, for the most part, is the real issue here. It's not just that they changed the story to make it a more Disney-friendly film. It's that the changes that they did harmed people and harmed how they right. were perceived and possibly harmed your child's social studies class if the teacher thought, hey, we're doing this unit, let's show Pocahontas. We should watch Pocahontas, exactly, which is what has happened to my children, actually. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, part of me wonders if the Virginia company was employed to write this story. You know, they go to Jamestown, they interview the descendants of the Powhatan tribes, they take the information, and then they do with it what feels best to them instead of telling the story that is. But you know, Andy, anyway, I'm we're still starting, in fact I'm starting to think you don't like this movie. <laughs> it's subtle, but I'm well, picking up on it. Well, I'll tell you somebody else who didn't like this movie, and that's Chief Roy Crazy Horse of the Powhatan Renope Nation, who disputed Disney's claim that the movie was, quote, responsible, accurate, and respectful. And I want to share a portion of his very lengthy letter. Uh, he stated... Of all Powhatan's children, only Pocahontas is known, primarily because she became the hero of Euro-Americans as, quote, the good Indian, the one who saved the life of a white man. The truth of the matter is that the first time John Smith told the story about this rescue was 17 years after it happened. But it was one of three reported by the pretentious Smith that he was saved from death by a prominent woman. The people of Smith and Ralph turned upon the people who had shared their resources with them and showed them friendship. Powhatan's people were decimated and dispersed and their lands were taken over. Yeah, I, I think we maybe maybe there was an after the credit sequence in this movie that I missed where they showed that. No, no, did not happen. Uh, good. No, and, you just and, gave me a rewatch. And here's well, and despite the criticism, Pocahontas grossed. $346.1 million worldwide. That's a hit. I, I, we don't, yeah, we don't have to like it. it. It's a hit. It's a, it's no, a success. It is. So, yeah. So, all right. And, and what's, what's crazy is that the, the women who served, um, the native women who served as consultants on this piece were willing to do that for nothing. And, and of course the Disney lawyers are like, well, we'll pay you $500 a day. And they do that. And so they're paid. It's over. Done. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. Right. So, so, so anyway. let's, let's move into plot. Uh, if, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, we begin, at, uh, this, this movie by discussing the Manish Tana, why this movie opens the way that it opens. And this movie begins in, of all places, England. Uh, we see uh, a bunch of uh, settlers, not settlers, uh, commissioned men. It's not, it's not clear exactly how long they're planning to stay in the, new, in the new world, getting ready to board a ship along with 
uh, Captain John Smith and, and Governor Radcliffe, they're getting ready to sail to the New World. And as they do, they sing a happy, jaunty tune about how they're going to kill the natives when they get there. Um, right. and, and how much fun that will be. And it's not sung in a hateful way. I do want to point that out. It's sung in sort of like a mythological way, the way that sailors might sing about meeting a mermaid and making her fall in love with them. Right. Um, it it the the people that they're talking about aren't real people to them. They're the stuff of stories. And I John Smith, however, brings up that he's fought quote unquote savages all over the world. Um, and he's he's eager to go again. Uh, and the movie begins with them sailing across to the new world. That's the opening of this movie. And it is not a great opening. No, it is it's it's the it's worst possible choice. <laughs> so it establishes some exposition that this entire enterprise was based on greed in the name of God, which, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. A lot of Disney movies, as we've noticed, start with a prologue with the antagonist story for the first few minutes. And it allows a contrast to the protagonist, right? Sure. Well, some dramatic irony. We know what the protagonist is about to encounter, right? But it goes on and on and on. Usually that's about a two-minute prologue. This prologue is at least like five and a half minutes, I think. And we get a near shipwreck. We see John Smith save Thomas's life. And we get that for the sole reason that we need to like John Smith for this story to work. And I I also think it's it's a, not a great choice for another reason, which is traditionally, mm-hmm. and I've talked about this a lot, um, when we're trying to figure out who the protagonist of the story is, it's the character who starts in one world and we travel with them to the next world. In Correct. other words, this movie positions in this prologue, although it doesn't intend to, that John Smith is the character that we should be following, and, and we will be seeing the new world through his eyes, as opposed to seeing the story through Pocahontas's eyes. Right. I argue that when we get later on, it would be so much better to start us with Pocahontas's world pre-disruption and then when we see the ships in the harbor we have no idea who's on those ships we have no idea as to the character of those men they would be scarier in the sense that Mm -hmm. they're unknown and us in the audience kind of have a feeling that this is not going to be a good thing um but but it would also firmly root the story in her perspective not their shared perspective. This movie right. is not called John Smith and Pocahontas. It's called Although Pocahontas. Although that is a movie from that is a movie from 1953, which I think honestly that movie is this movie is more like that movie than anything they consulted with at Jamestown. This but movie should be called John Smith and Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. I think it should be called that in that order. Um mm-hmm. because we start with him and then we get to her. Um mm-hmm. But, but we put that aside. Well, it does. Oh, no, no. I mean, this whole thing does set up the motives of the governor, that he wants riches and exploitation. 
It sets up Thomas as sort of this naive young man who's seeking his fortune and idolizes John Smith. And the only thing I can see that John Smith really wants is to kill natives. He wants adventure. Adventure. That is the yeah. thing that that he has in common with Pocahontas. They both want right. adventure. It's the thing that's that they're going to find right. Uh, uh, or build build their relationship around. Uh, right. I mean, and like you said, the problem is we don't we just don't need it. It it's it ta- it does. I I completely agree with you, Larry. It takes away from the discovery. If Pocahontas is the protagonist of this movie, it takes away from that discovery where she's encountering obstacles along the way but instead you know for for get this. in my mind i i don't I'm, i don't know that this 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 reference is perfect for this but it's the thing that's coming to mind right now is is jaws which is we don't yes. see the shark right away we have right. to take our time and like really get the pressure and then you reveal the shark and you build right. it up a little bit um but okay but we got to get through plot so okay I think this movie, and I think you may have said this pre-production, sort of robs the inciting incident to create mm-hmm. this Manish Tana. But essentially, right. uh, after after this happens, uh, we meet Pocahontas. She's near a waterfall. Uh, her mm-hmm. friend comes to tell her to come back to the village. We see that Pocahontas does this crazy dive off of like this really tall ledge into the water. And, and yes, I mean, she is clearly playful as her name, uh, as her name means she tips her friend over in the canoe and then they go back and she has a conversation with her father where her father talks about how they've recently, um, they've recently uh, won some sort of battle against some other people uh, mm-hmm. And that one warrior in particular, Kokoam, has has distinguished himself in that battle, and that he feels it is Pocahontas's uh, rightful choice. I mean, not her choice, um, but it's her path to marry Kokoam. Kokoam's going to be the next leader of the tribe, and so is she. Uh, so put the two of them together, uh, and that'll that'll cement the future. And while she is. I don't think she hates Kokoam the way that like Belle hates Gaston. I don't think it's that level. Uh, I think it's more of a, he would make other women very happy. He's just not for me personally. Right. Not my I, cup I, of so, tea. so we don't, I, so we don't really get Pocahontas's I want song early enough, which I think her I want song. It's about is, to come. It's just around the river yes. bend. Right. And, and it's not, it's not a handsome, sturdy husband building handsome, sturdy walls, right? It's the smoothest course or the one with the rapids. And then she goes to Grandmother Willow to talk about her dream that we don't see. Why right? don't that we, we sh- see her dream? We should see her dream. It's an I mean, opportunity what a- for visual splendor. If Disney does anything wonderful, it is animating a dream, right? So huge lost opportunity there. Um. But Larry, the problem here is that even though there should be conflict because of all this exposition we're getting, there really isn't any real conflict. She doesn't engage with Coco up directly. No. Nope. She doesn't really defy her father. 
And even when the strange new clouds come, she shows little emotion. It's like, she's just kind of... Because her problem is not is not an unsolvable problem. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you get the sense that if the ships came, didn't come to shore, Pocahontas would eventually, she's going to go to Grandmother Willow, she's going to get some advice, she's going to go back to her father and say, I've, I've spoken with Grandmother Willow, she says, I should not marry Cocoam, nice guy, not for me, it's not my I'm gonna path. Go, I'm going to take, take my kayak and go down... To this other village and see what kind of dudes are there, and, right? And her father <laughs> is not King Triton from The Little Mermaid. She can have no. a conversation with him. He's just right. telling her, I think this is what's best for you. And yes, he's putting pressure on her that he should not be exerting, in my opinion. But it is right. not such an over... It doesn't feel like it's going to be a forced wedding if she resists enough. It's just... She just right. doesn't know what to do. She needs time to figure it out. Right. But of course, and I guess we're going to say that the inciting incident is the ships coming into the harbor because there's no movie uh, if if the colonists don't show up. Right. Um, although you could argue, you could argue that what sets her off on this journey is like her running away from her father. It isn't really, it feels, it feels like a Tuesday for Pocahontas up <laughs> until the point it's it's, the, it's like a Tuesday yeah, with like, like one bad moment, but it's not it's not like a life ruining right. Tuesday. And so why not show? Why not start there? You know where we get the title scene, Pocahontas, and we're going into the woods and seeing this pristine place. I mean, I guess we're supposed to feel like, oh, here come these, you know, white dudes, and they're going to spoil this spot, um, which they do almost immediately, right? But. All right, well, let's let's move along yeah, the plot a yeah. little bit because because otherwise we'll never get through it. And I want to see what's around this river bend, Andy. <laughs> uh, so the colonists arrive in this beautiful, unspoiled land. Uh, they look at it and are filled with awe and majesty and deep reverence. No, I'm just kidding. They immediately tear it up. Like two seconds off the boat, uh, they're singing a song about diggity, diggity, digging for gold and how they're going to find all this gold in the new world. They're cutting down trees left and right, building up a, a palisade. And John Smith goes out to um, to explore. Uh, he meets Miko the raccoon um, be- and becomes friends with him. The only way you become friends with a raccoon, which is by giving them food. And then, um, then they will always follow you around that. Right. Right. That does seem to be backed by zoological science. Um, (laughs) although I did think it was neat that he'd never seen a raccoon before, which is not something I would have thought of, but of course must be true. Yes. Um, he, uh, along the way when he's playing with Miko, uh, gets the sense that, Hey, Someone spying from him in the bushes, uh, like like there's some there's like some hide and seek where Pocahontas is spying on him. Kind of wants to talk to him. Kind of thinks maybe I shouldn't. But ultimately, the two of them meet, and the sparks start flying immediately. Uh, although they don't understand each other, and then magic happens 
and they can understand each other. Uh, the wind picks up, flower petals bloom, and suddenly the two of them can communicate to each other in perfect uh, language. It's a miracle. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know why that happens, and I, I, I don't know why you even introduce the idea that they speak different languages. If you're going to immediately say this is inconvenient for me, let's let's wipe it away. Well, uh, but the the thing that does is it takes away a conflict opportunity. Yes, that they don't understand each other. And honestly, it would right. be a more interesting it would be a more interesting interaction if they didn't understand each other for longer periods of time but were still able to communicate. They just had to work right. for it more. Right, right. Um so so and I also, it makes me, I, I'm going to maybe talk about this a little bit later when we talk about Grandmother Willow. I have some questions about the cosmological nature of the spirits, not, not of actual uh, indigenous tribes, but about the Disney indigenous tribes and what they're right. trying to do and what they, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, I, I, and we're also supposed to think that the wind is her mother. Like we talk about that also, Paladin right. talks about how whenever the wind comes, that's your mother. And so it, it's sort of like her mother is somehow, it's confusing. And I Very. wish I wish they were, went a little subtler with the, with the spirits rather than like a magic thing happens that allows them to talk to one another. I don't Correct. want, I yeah. don't want yeah. that here. I just don't it's, want that. It's, it's too much. Uh, back at the camp, um, uh, already the governor is upset because they haven't found any gold. And uh, his whole thing was about finding gold. He's come to the conclusion that, you know, there's a bad interaction between the natives and the settlers in which no one's really harmed, but, but both sides come away thinking the other side is there to hurt them. Um, and, and not necessarily incorrectly. Uh, governor puts two plus two together, comes up with 157 and decides that the reason that the natives don't like him is because he's there for their gold and they care about that sort of thing. They want to keep the gold for themselves. And, and therefore, he needs to, in some way, manipulate the colonists and the and the native people into fighting so that there can be a war so that he can get the gold mm -hmm. um i i have so much with that but but we'll come back to that when we talk about the governor and, okay. and what he's doing in this movie okay um meanwhile uh pocahontas uh and john smith go to visit grandmother willow and again we get another not subtle visit with the spirits where john smith is like that tree can talk to me and at that moment i realize grandmother willow is no longer like a metaphor or symbolic she is a full-out ent from from lord of the rings right the ants are going to war she can move she can right. talk she can trip people she when like heal. a couple right when a couple mm -hmm. of colonists come by like she sticks out her roots and trips them and and it impl it imp I, I i don't like that either um like there, there's another way to do it mm -hmm. um 
But John Smith and Pocahontas are clearly really, really into each other. They almost kiss like 15 times. They clearly both want to. They don't need a friendly crustacean to sing a song to urge them to kiss. It, it is going to happen sooner or later. Um, John Smith goes back to the colonists and he finds out that uh, the governor is like, we're going to attack uh, those those quote unquote savages because they have our gold. And John Smith says they don't have any gold. They don't even know what gold is. They think corn is gold when I talk to them about it. And the governor says and the governor says, well, you believe them. And John and anyway. Uh, John Smith, through this one interaction with po Pocahontas, has completely turned his position. He's like, but this is their land, the thing you should have said before you left from England. Right. Um, and he goes and off to warn. And it's too easy. It's too easy that he makes this move. All he had to do was meet one woman. That's yeah. it. And, a, tr and, that's and it. a talking oh. tree. And a talking right. tree. That part's not easy. That part's not right. easy. Um, <laughs> but... But it 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 is instantaneous. He has shifted from good guys. Does it weigh on his soul all of the other adventures he's had where he killed the native peoples of those other lands that he referenced in the prologue? No, it does, does he not. look at his hands and see they're stained with blood? Does he no, have does a not. moment of crisis where he goes, my God, what have I done? I'm a monster. What are we I'm, doing? What are we no, doing now? He I, does not. I must repent from my past sins and spend the rest of my life atoning. He does none of this. He does none of this, but, right. but okay. Maybe a little heavy for a Disney movie. Um, although I think he should go through all of that. But hey, we, ki we kill Cocoum in this Yeah, let's movie. get to that. Let's get to that. Yeah, so let's John get Smith to that. If we're talking heavy-handed, I mean, if that's if that's where we're willing to go, then why can't John Smith have a crisis of the soul? Or, or So John Smith goes out. The governor notices John Smith go out um, and sends Thomas, who is like, John Smith's uh, little buddy, the the Gilligan to his skipper, um, although he's he's much cuter than than I think. Gil like like right. like like if you're a if you're a preteen girl watching this and you're like looking at John Smith, you're also looking at Thomas. They're both cute, right? Well, I mean, it, yeah, they're the sure. two boys without facial hair of all of of all of the people. So you know you can crush on them. Uh, facial hair equal bad. Just so you know, just so you know. Um, so Thomas fo follows along. Uh, Pocahontas uh, tells her friend she's going off to try to stop the war that's clearly about to happen between the native people. And, and, and Pocahontas says a few things that really bother me. Like, if both sides would just talk to each other, father, you know, like, you need to talk to these colonists. And I'm like, Pocahontas, read the room. <laughs> I'm with Paladin on this one. Yeah, He's, yeah. They shot at you guys. Anyway, so yeah. so her friend tells Cocoam that she's worried about Pocahontas. So Cocoam goes, sees John Smith and Pocahontas kissing, attacks John Smith um, out of jealousy. Thomas arrives having been ordered to kill any native peoples that he sees, but he struggles with it. You see, he's going through a mark. Did not, do I shoot? Do I not shoot? Uh, John, and it isn't until Cocoam is about to kill John Smith that Thomas shoots at Cocoa. <sighs> um, because, because, you know, 
the thing about about humans is they're all basically good and no one really wants to kill anyone until their hands are forced that's the history of the world that mm. that's that's how it went down you guys um i hate that too another thing i hate so Thomas feels bad about killing Kokoum, but now he and John Smith, now he's got to run away. John Smith and 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 Powhatan and uh, the tribe comes and sees John Smith standing over Kokoum and they imprison him. Hey, Larry. Uh, yeah. Do you know who we're not talking about? Um, Miko the raccoon. No, uh, we're not talking about Pocahontas, whose story this should be. Well, she 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 watches all of it. She's with us in the audience. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sharing my popcorn with her. No, please go on. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I knew you meant Pocahontas, but honestly, Miko the raccoon does a lot more than Pocahontas does. No uh, kidding. No um, kidding. I, I hope uh, we have time to talk about uh, Percy and and Miko's uh, thing. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. So. Um, now, uh, now they're really gonna, now the colonists are really gonna go to war because the native people have John Smith, um, and, and the governor is able to rally the men who were so reluctant to hurt the native people because they didn't really want to hurt those people they sang about murdering in the first two minutes of the movie. Um, you know, that was just for fun. Now, now they, now they feel differently about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're coming and Pocahontas wants to see John Smith one last time. Um, and, and they talk and John Smith talks about how, even if he dies here, they will always be together. Um, and, uh, she walks away and the two armies are about to meet and her father is about to kill John Smith, where she throws herself over John Smith's body and says, if you're going to kill him, kill, you're going to have to kill me too. Father, this madness has to stop. And I'm like, pow, 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 and just knock her out of the way and kill him. Um, but but he doesn't. But he doesn't. And, and he goes, Pocahontas, you're very wise. We will not start this war. The native people see Poet and stop, stay his hand. And also are like, we're not going to fire on these people. Look, they spared John Smith. But the governor, the one bad person in history, mm-hmm. the exception that keeps us all from living in the Garden of Eden is the governor. He takes the gun and he goes to fire it at Poetin. And John Smith jumps into the way of the bullet, pushing Poetin out of the way and Poetin out of the way and gets and gets hit, and all of the colonists are like, Governor, you just gunned down John Smith. How could you do that? And the governor goes, well, well he jumped into the bullet, which, by the way, Andy, is true. He, and they're <sighs> like, but you, you, but you hit John Smith. And uh, when the governor, look, the governor is terrible. But when he's saying, like, I didn't really mean to hit John Smith, John Smith wanted me to hit him, that is true and a mitigating circumstance. There are so many other reasons to be upset with the governor, but the guy who mm-hmm. jumped in front of the bullet getting hit, like that that's you consent. John Smith. That's consent. John Smith <laughs> consented to be shot. What do I what do I say about mm. that? Mm. And that stopped, and I think that's the climax of the movie. Felt right. like there was gonna be an actual battle. And you go, oh, wait, that was the climax. I missed it. That was it. Yeah, oh, that was it. 
No big battle. No big battle. Um, John Smith so the is... Cli- so then we get sort of another climax, right? With the, uh, you know, reprise of no matter what happens, I'll always be with you forever. Yeah. You know, because John Smith can only be treated for this gunshot wound back in, in England. England. Right. I don't know how he's going to survive the months of travel it's going to take for him to get back there. Feels to me like he may as well live out his last days there. Uh, I don't understand. Well, Kakata doesn't understand how to do that kind of medicine and. I mean, sure, at least, but at least but back, Pocahontas gives him an aspirin for the they, journey. That'll be they, good. Did they not bring a doctor with them? Or at least, you know, a medical kit, some field surgeon, <laughs> anything? He's got to go back to England. You might mm. as well just bury him here. I, yeah. That, you almost didn't make it, you got. Uh, okay. No, they're going to be separated, but they're always going to love each other. And one day he'll come back for her, or one day she'll go with him to England. And she's, mm. he's like, come with me now to England. And she's like, I have to choose what's right for my people. And if I, I need to stay here and help them. Uh, even though that is not what she has ever wanted. Or I want song was she wants to see what's around the river bend. Right. You know what's a pretty big river? The Atlantic <laughs> Ocean. Ocean. Right. It's a pretty big river, Pocahontas. But Pocahontas, I guess, learns that although she longs to travel and see exotic places, there she should stay home and never. I'm needed. He- I'm needed here. Are you? For what reason? What What is she going to do? Uh, we have no idea what her reason is. If there. To 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 help uh, a to peace keep path peace. between I the Powhatan. I guess. I mean, it's so under like. Mm, but yeah. the only person who actually knows her is John Smith, and the That's only right. person who can actually understand her, thanks to magic, is John Smith. Right. And and although how- everybody starts. Speaking to each other like the chief yeah, starts speaking to John Smith at some that, point. And that so is it's a like, plot oh, hole you can, can drive a each truck other. through, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can understand each other. It's Everybody can it's understand each other. Incredible. Um, the governor is being shipped back to England as a criminal. John Smith as a patient. They are separated. and the, But we know that they still love each other and will always love each other. Um, and there's peace in these lands. Colonists and native people uh, have settled their differences once and for and all. for all. Isn't uh, it lovely? A promising future that will never get spoiled because because Ugh. happy happy ending. It, and it's, it's horrifying. I I really don't know. I know that again the 400th birthday of Pocahontas. There were lots of reasons why um, maybe they did this, but I just, I don't even get it. I don't get it. Uh, <clears throat> well, I have... Let's talk Let's talk a little bit about structural models. <laughs> uh, you've, you've got something that you've been wanting to uh, to share, and I'm, I'm itching to hear it. Okay. So this just occurred to me this morning, but I have been giggling all day because I think I cracked what's wrong with this movie. Beyond... Beyond the, the repositioning of right, all the stuff right. we've talked about, but I'm talking like the philosophy of making of it. So this mm-hmm. movie comes on the heels of 1994's The Lion King, 
which was mm-hmm. a huge success. But of course, what we're all what we all remember about The Lion King is how it's a story that's been based on Shakespeare's Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the formula here, too, that instead of doing Shakespeare's Hamlet, they're going to model it off of Romeo and Juliet. Stop. We have two. No, Andy, I'm serious. You're not you're, wrong. You're not wrong. Let, let, let me get let me get through this because you're going to no, get gonna, in there because I can see we it. Have Go on. Two houses alike in dignity. Right. Mm -hmm. Both Mm -hmm. full of good people who just for who can't put words on it. They do not like each other and anticipate a feud right now. There is peace between them. One Mm -hmm. of them is uh, one of them is, you know, this adventurous young boy uh, who's looking for trouble, looking to get into fights, uh, really wants to have adventure. And then there's a young woman who's told by her father, um, listen, you're you're becoming a woman. It's time for you to think about getting married. There's a guy who who is really respected. Uh, oh, man. Who I think <laughs> you should marry. She talks to her friend, who's the nurse from Romeo and Juliet, and the nurse goes, that Count Paris, I mean, Cocoam, uh, is so attractive, you really should want to marry him. And Pocahontas is like, I don't know. She she go we get the sense that there is some de- predestiny happening, perhaps some crossing of stars. Um, and and po- Poca- Pocahontas goes to see the spiritual leader, Grandmother Willow, aka the Friar. Uh, she meets John Smith. The two oh of them gosh. don't. Are, I, 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 this is all this morning. She meets John Smith. The two of them meet. They they are attracted to each other. They both know their families won't. So their people won't support it. Grandmother Willow marries them in secret. That's why they go there together. It is there's a bond that's formed oh between the gosh. two of them. It's a secret marriage. But Kokuum, who is playing. Uh, the nurse, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. Kokoum, who is double duty as both Paris and Tybalt, ruins it. But like they're, mm. Pocahontas and John Smith are like, we can talk to our respective people and we can bring about peace. And Kokoum comes in, sees Pocahontas kissing John Smith and attacks. And Thomas comes in. Um, and what we have is essentially the killing of Mercutio slash Tybalt. Thomas shoots at yeah. at Pocahontas and kills him, thus cementing that this feud has escalated and specifically setting up John Smith to be the person that the native people want to punish the most. They believe him to be responsible for Cocoam's death, just like the Capulets believe Romeo to be responsible for Tybalt's death, even though both Tybalt and Cocoam started mm. the fight in the first place. Well, it makes a lot of sense to use Shakespeare as a model here, uh, right? Instead of like a native story but it should be a native story we're telling the story of a native we've had there are so many i mean i'm being i'm being really facetious yes i'm being really facetious yeah this is but if you're you're not this is exactly what this is yeah okay yeah so check this out andy but here's the problem we're following this structural model 
This could all pay off if the movie ends with Pocahontas and John Smith dying and both people realizing they've lost each other. That is a moment if if Pocahontas and John Smith together end their lives like Romeo and Juliet do. And we see these two different groups come to this place in grief and realize mm. neither killed them. It was their hatred that killed these two young people. Then the movie would give us a foundation like of melancholy grief. Right. That that would yeah. allow us to say, okay, the feuding has to stop. Maybe there's a chance for peace. They've just realized what the stakes of war are and we can move on. But because a Disney movie can't do that, and I don't blame right. Disney for not going in this direction, they have to abandon the Romeo and Juliet model or, or make the analogy, he's going back to England, which is a form of death. He's been shot. Right. And, and really you have to think, when John Smith gets shot, that's him dying. And then now Pocahontas sort of, or maybe you want to go West Side Story um, and and have See, this Pocahontas feels be like, Maria. This but, feels like West Side Story to me. I, which is I Romeo almost, and Juliet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. So, so wow. they picked the wrong structural model, I think. And I don't know, I don't know that this is what they did. This morning and right now in this moment, I am convinced this is what they did. They said Lion King is to Hamlet as Pocahontas is to Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Let's tell a Romeo and Juliet story. But that's not a story of the native people of the new world. No. Uh, that's not the story historically of John Smith and Pocahontas. It's the wrong model for this movie. Yes. And therefore, we end up with this thing that some people, I guess, liked, but but is unsatisfying, has no real climax, has, has put its title character into a supporting observational role. Mm. And and it's just wrong. It's just wrong. It's and that's and that's that's my discovery this morning in the shower. Andy. No, I I love that. No, I stopped singing Cruella Deville and I went. Wait, Pocahontas <laughs> is Romeo and Juliet. Well, let's talk about some of these characters. So we have Pocahontas, uh, played by Irene Bedard. I I will say that I do appreciate the use of uh, First Nation actors, and you know, in this piece. Um, Irene is Anupiat and Matisse. And um, although they use a uh, Judy Kuhn is her singing voice and um, who is a Jewish Which is woman. a thing they often do. They cast one right. person to, you know, right. like, will Mel Gibson be able to handle the tune? If he can, right. he can do it. If not, we'll find someone else. Right. So for, for all the talk of Pocahontas making her own path, she really seems like she only acts on her circumstances when she chooses to save Smith. And, and functionally, Larry Pocahontas is the antagonist in this movie. All of the men have wants. All she wants to do is choose a direction. And she doesn't even know what that direction is. I don't know that she's the antagonist. Um, I mean, if you take, I, I see what I you're saying. So. Like they want to, they want to go to war, and she's the one trying to stop them. I, right. I do hear that, but and 
but I think, I think she's not the antagonist. It's just she's a super weak protagonist. Um, be, be she has no arc, Larry. She's not put in the pro- in the place to actually make. She's put in the place to take actions, but not in the place to make decisions. She right? makes. Yeah, she she's the one who's in the space where John Smith happens to be. Uh, right. They have a communication, but but she's always deferring the choice to later. Uh, it isn't until we get to the climax that she throws herself in front of John Smith. But was was that even something she planned? Is that a decision or is that something she does on instinct well, in that moment? And in these historical when you're when adaptations of movies, which is something that always gets to me, there oftentimes you'll see a screenwriter like say, okay, we have to do this part and then we have to do this part and we have to do this part and then we have to do this part without any concern for setups and payoffs and how we get to how we get to this place. Um, I don't see Pocahontas ever seeing saying that she really wants to save Smith or that she saves anybody or that that's her goal. The thing that she wants is just to move forward. Yeah. That's what she sings about. She she doesn't even have a goal or a destination. She wants to see what's around the river bend. She's curious, but that's not, but that's that's not not a want. want. Being curious is not a want. So you have, you have, think about Ariel singing her I want song. Think about She Belle. wants to be in another world. That's Belle, right. Belle is, feels trapped and wants to be free. Right. Uh, Jasmine wants, Jasmine is trapped in the palace and wants to be free. Pocahontas. I just want to be here. Cur- I'm just curious. Is allowed free reign to leave the tribe whenever she wants to. They let her out all the time. She right. has so much freedom. And yet. When she says, I want to see what's around the river bend, bend my, my thought is like, who's stopping you? Your dad said she, he You're wants doing you to it right marry now. this guy. You've been doing it this whole time. But you don't it's, have to. It's just an option. Uh, She's got so lots weird. of options. She okay. Has- All right. John Smith and Mel Gibson. He's kind of funny. Yeah. And he's he, saved I forgotten mean, people, I guess. But he has a really big change of heart. And He does have a really big change and of it's, heart. Uh, it's mighty quick. Uh, there's no wrestling. Sure. There's no wrestling or conflict between the two of them. I think more conflict is always better. Um, he does have a bigger arc than Pocahontas. That well, is right, a problem be- because Pocahontas actually doesn't need to change her worldview at all. It is in no way right. challenged by these right. people coming here. She's got nothing really to learn from the colonists. Uh, at least as far as this movie is concerned, she doesn't. She doesn't have anything to learn from John Smith. So when you she, have a protagonist, you should have somebody that you can, who who's actually encountering obstacles to what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And and she doesn't want anything, so there are no real obstacles to what she wants, other than oh, I've fallen for John Smith, and but she never really articulates that either. It's just ugh, it's awful, just awful. It, it is. <laughs> It's not it's not good. Um, and and beyond that, you know, if the story told showed us a world in which she felt restricted by her people or unhappy with them, then maybe John Smith would come in as a temptation. She's not really unhappy. 
She likes her people. She yeah. likes her tribe. She likes her role in the tribe. She, she likes doesn't her want, friend. She, she yeah. doesn't even dislike Kokuum. He's just not her thing. He's and she's probably not going to choose to marry him. Why not force her into a relation? It's just, oh, it's but so John, bad. John Smith also, like, if he has a complicated backstory, either don't give him the complicated backstory if you don't want to deal with it. But if right. you saddle him with it in the first two minutes of the movie, it if his whole life has been about fighting the savages, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah. then that has to come back in a really ugly way. Grandmother Willow can't be, I'm fine with this handsome young man. Ooh, exactly. I like him. She exactly. Can, and if she, she if knows. she is all knowing, so here's, we'll talk about, let's talk about Grandmother Willow. If Please. she is all knowing, right? Then why doesn't, and why, couple of things. One, why doesn't she give Pocahontas visions that we can all see? Right? Right. Clearly some, some other spirit gave her the dream about the spinning arrow. Right. Something. But but if she's all knowing and kind of all seeing, like, why doesn't she say this John Smith guy is a problem and here's why? Why doesn't she create some conflict with Pocahontas? The spirits have to know what's coming here and they have to know it's not good. It's not good for the native people. It's not good for the it's not good for the new world. It's just not good. And they're all like, this will work itself out. Uh, You guys will love each other. Well, and it's almost a pander to native culture. Like it just sort of cheapens it. You know, if if there if the spirit is something that you consult and that spirit gives you nothing except kind of I love you and you're great, right? Here's the really gross thing about Grandmother Willow and the spirits of, uh. of this movie. Okay. Their top concern is that about human beings. Human beings are the most important thing, and human beings loving each other is the most important th- thing to them. That is mm-hmm. not that is not how native spirits should be. They care about the land, the right. animals, the sky, the right. water, yep. also the people. Also. But the idea that the only problem that they care about is the humans might start fighting each other mm-hmm. is absurd. Look at what That's they wild. did two seconds off the boat. They were not respecting the balance. <laughs> No, they are upsetting the balance day one. We even saw early on in the movie and it never pays off. We see rats sneaking onto the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, it's it's visually there in like the first five minutes as all the all the uh, people are getting ready to go on the ship. We see a rat like get onto the ship also. But that rat comes out and disrupts the balance. Everything is being disruptive. The spirits should be. I don't necessarily think panicking but in a heightened state of alertness as to this intrusion that's happening that's going to ruin everything. But instead, Grandmother Willow is like, you know, Pocahontas, you should go for this hunk of hunk of man. Uh, If I was 500 years younger and not a tree, I would would xylem his phloem, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) So, all right, let's... Let's keep going. So Chief Powhatan and Russell Means, who is um, Oglala Lakota, I think. Um, By the way, his singing voice is Jim Cummings. 
who is the voice oh. of Tigger. I don't know if you knew that, but that's true. I also, didn't, he's and also I wish the I singing, didn't know that. <laughs> he's also the singing voice for Kakata, the medicine man, who's um, Gordon Tutusis. He's, he's I, Korean I Stoney, by the way. I understand that yep. Disney has Jim Cumming trapped in a green room for his entire life, and occasionally they bring him out of that room to do a song, and yep. then they stick him back in there. I understand he's always available. But why not switch to another native singer? Why not? I'm I'm confident that there are native actors who also sing. There um, 100% <clears throat> are. Why? Mm -hmm. Look, look, Jim Cummings, take take your paychecks when, when you get them. It's done well for you this whole time. I get it. I get it. I'm not blaming you for this. Right. But that decision should have, if, if they thought enough to, to cast the speaking voices with, with actual Native people, why not, why not the actual Native voices? For the singing voices. Why is that so hard? Don't know. Uh, I... He's he's fine. I mean, he he also has a bigger arc than Pocahontas. Everyone has a bigger arc. Miko the raccoon and Percy the yep. dog have a bigger arc than Na Pocahontas. Nakoma, Nakoma, uh, Michelle Michelle Saint John, who's who's Wap from the Wapanoic tribe, um, wants to do the right thing, but sometimes the right thing is wrong. Right? Um, that's an arc. I I'm telling you. Pocahontas is flat, 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 flat. And the reason why is because there's no conflict, which it, this story is rife with conflict. I mean, this By is, its very his, nature, it's rife with conflict. Historically, it is the beginning of centuries of conflict that yes. continue to this day, albeit yes. in another form. Um, um, with, well, so can we talk about the governor? Because Please. Yeah, I saved him for, well, I saved him for next to last. I, but we need to talk about him now because yes. he's the antagonist of this movie. Um, he's the villain. He's mm -hmm. the he's the one who, when things look like they're going to end peaceably, grabs the gun and accidentally shoots John Smith. And yet, Larry, this is weak I have antagonist a, sauce. I have a question. Sure. I, well, just a thought. I just came up came to me. If he's the villain of this story, then Pocahontas should have an encounter with him. That was she what I was about not. to say. She does not. Pocahontas never meets this dude. She's up on a hill. He's like, they see each other from maybe a mm. mile away. Well, maybe not a mile away, but they are so far away from each other. He doesn't know her name. Right. She doesn't they, I mean, they, I know they can do this because they just made a movie where... Scar and Simba, you know, Scar is the villain that Simba has to encounter, right? Like, I, and I they're don't know. foils for each other, Scar and Simba. Exactly, exactly. But and that's sort of where Gov that I mean, Governor Ratliff could be a foil for Pocahontas, but he's a foil for two other people. He's a foil for John Smith, and he's a foil for Poetin. Paladin, sorry. Um, but he's not a foil for Pocahontas. Pocahontas has no oppositional foil. No. There is no one that's opposing her. And and it needs to be beyond that. The governor is one of the weakest Disney villains we've ever seen. Because we know from about minute eight of this movie 
his plan cannot work. Right. There is no gold. There is zero stakes that he will achieve his objective and get what he wants. There is no gold. He can't get it. Right. So, so. And he's um, going to keep trying. And yeah, there's no. There's no objective. There's no objective to be thwarted. So, so. I mean, there is sort of, but it, ah, but, but Pocahontas isn't the one doing the thwarting. So, so here's, here's something that you could do with the governor to make him more villainous. He gets there. There's no gold. He accepts there's no gold. But when he goes back to England, he's going to be disgraced because he didn't bring them anything. And he's Mm got to find the thing to bring them. And he's like, corn ain't going to do it. And, um, you know, he doesn't know about tobacco. And he's like, he's like, what, what have I got? And then he sees the beautiful native women. And he's like, that's, that's what I'm going to bring got. back to. England. Yeah. Yeah. That that's be- the gold in the new world. It's creepy right. and yep. yucky and gross, but it's and accurate <laughs> and, it, and accurate. And it sets him up to be Pocahontas's antagonist. He right. wants to enslave her. Right. Which that is, would be something. Yeah. That would be something. And yeah. then it would be about Pocahontas. She's had this world of choices, and there's a man who wants to take away all of her choice. Which is far more interesting than what we've got here. Well, let's talk about the animal friends. We have Miko, Flit, and Percy, which I'm just going to throw them all together. They're fun. I, I mean, thank goodness for them, because... because. Any any like smiles I got out of this movie came out from the three of them interacting. Um, I don't know what they're doing in this movie, uh, but I think we're supposed to see the the conflict between Miko and Percy as an analogy for the conflict between the natives and and the colonists. And when Miko and Percy, who are natural enemies, being a raccoon and a dog, mm-hmm. come together to become friends, that's supposed to be symbolic that there's hope for, for people. Um, Which would be okay if this story ended well, and we all know it doesn't. Beyond that, we know that dogs and raccoons actually don't get along in real life. Right. I mean, and I think that's why they chose them. Which is... But but it's a lie. Upsetting. It's a lie that a it dog is. and a raccoon upsetting. can get along in Angry. that way. Yeah. Um, I also want to throw out... I, there's a weird thing about Percy, Andy. And I'm wondering if Percy offended you as our, as our podcast dog lover. We have a dog who does not care about his master. And for, for like Percy is not Percy upset. Should have been, Percy should have been a cat. Per, I'm sure. That, <laughs> fine. Cats. But he's a dog. But he's yeah. a dog. Yes. Per, and he is not. He shows the governor shows affection towards Percy. I mean, Percy's mm-hmm. got all sorts of luxuries that the rest of the crew don't have. He's mm-hmm. pampered uh, in all sorts of ways. And there's uh, no conflict about that either. Everybody's just like, oh, all those cherries go to Percy. Well, that's but, just how it is, right? Why doesn't Percy care about his master? This is the only Disney dog I can think of that does not care about about his master. Well, Copper cares about um, that guy from Fox and the Hound. I think, Larry, 
that Percy is supposed to be sort of a representation of how the men in the Virginia company feel about the native people they're about to go see. And then of course, Percy, we see Percy wearing the garb of the native people. And, and that's so gross too. Oh, uh, like it, it is beyond gross. It's I, he's like, a dog. So it's not quite cultural appropriation, but come on. We didn't talk about Thomas as character in Christian Bale, who I think is actually uh, pretty interesting um, as a character. I would agree. I, I had a friend who, when we watched this movie in college, was like, forget about John Smith. I like Thomas. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, well, of course. So, Thomas, but I, again, Thomas has more to do than Pocahontas does. So Thomas, Thomas desperately wants to prove himself. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's not yet proven himself a man in the eyes of the rest of the crew. He's a terrible shot. Uh, he's he's he messes up not in major ways, but but due to his inexperience and over enthusiasm. I get the sense yeah. that that he kind of I, I don't know if maybe it's just because they they show cuts of both him and Pocahontas's friend looking at each other that were supposed mm-hmm. to imply maybe there's something romantic happening between them too. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's a bridge. Too or maybe far he's trying this. to, maybe he's trying to pattern his life after John Smith, John Smith, right? Because John's his hero. All right. Well, okay. I think I'm, you're done. I'm done. I never want to think about this movie ever, ever again. <laughs> and yet we will. And yet we will, because, yes. Because Pocahontas 2 is one of the reasons I want oh. to do this podcast. I'll send Gosh. you a gift basket when we oh, do you it. You better. You better. Okay. Um, let's do an I'm glad, because I really don't want to pitch this. Sure. I mean, there's, let's... there's Pocahontas and Pocahontas 2 and the Pocahontas video game. And there were even Pocahontas stage shows at the Disney theme parks. Um, Sure. Uh, What is something that you're... So we're playing the Pollyanna I'm Glad game. What is something that you're glad for in this movie that we disliked so very, very much? I am glad for the two songs, uh, Just Around the River Bend and Colors of the Wind, because I think they're awesome. I think they're great songs. I think they're singy songs, and I enjoy them as part of thinking about you know, my own love of nature and my own care for the environment. I think they're really, I think they're really beautiful. I think they're beautiful songs. Um, I, I don't really know what color of the wind is doing for us in this movie, it but it's a great for song. <laughs> does not drive. It's a great, again, it's a great music song. has to drive the plot, but again, and it does not, but we are dry. We are, we are playing the glad game. I am glad these two songs exist in the world. Cool. I am That's glad. I, I am glad uh, that the animation in this in this movie is beautiful. Mm. Um, I think I think visually, if you can tune out the story and treat this as as art, I think there's there's some artistic renderings here. In particular, when Pocahontas is singing, they do some cool like spirit stuff in the sky. Some images of like. Uh, with a different art style, like mm-hmm. up in the sky as she's moving. And I actually was like, I would want more of that, a whole dream sequence oh, with that animation yes. style. Yes. Uh, I always like in a Disney movie where they experiment and they're trying to push animation forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they did that 
in this terrible movie that I don't like. But I'm glad that they were still experimenting and still innovating. Lovely. I, I'm also glad, I'll give you one more. I'm also glad that First Nation actors were used. I think yes. that it would be so much better if they'd gotten it right and they could have empowered uh, Native filmmakers and writers and you know Indigenous actors to tell the story of Pocahontas, her exploitation, and the real history with fair and accurate representation, I think would have been awesome. Um, but we don't have that, but we do have some actors who I'm grateful they have, you know, I'm grateful they made some money from this project. Me too. I'm grateful for that as well. Yep. Well, what All movie right. are we tackling next week? Well, you know, I, I know you like movies about dogs who love their masters. Um, so why don't we do, <sighs> why don't we do a movie about that? Um, let's, let's do old yeller. Um, which, oh <laughs> which I've never seen all the way to the end. Um, no, no, I, I honestly, when my kids were little, this is true. This is a true story. When my kids were little, I used to shut off old yeller at a specific part and before the ending and the kids were always like, Oh, yeller's the best. And then later on, they watched it as teenagers without me. And they were like, Holy crap. Old yeller. Gives you, you know. And, something yeah. happens to wait a second, Andy. Something happens to Old Yeller. Yeah, oh, it, no. is, it is awful. It is. Does awful. he end up at the same farm with Davy Crockett? Ends up at, <laughs> at after the Alamo. Well, Fess Parker is in, as I recall, Old Yeller. Oh. Kind of a bit. We we only see him at the very beginning. We never see him again. But uh, or maybe I reckon I'm mighty end. excited to see Fess Parker <laughs> perform again. Mighty excited, Andy. <laughs> Well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page or drop us a line in our mailbag at onceuponadisneypodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon. Real soon.